Hey, Thrive Church, thank you so much for joining us today online. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 13. We're going to continue looking at the series of the parables of Jesus. Now, later this month, Elizabeth and I are going to be having a celebration. We're going to be celebrating 12 years of marriage. In that time, I'm telling you, it has flown by. And for those of you who are married, or those of you who are in a relationship, or maybe you've been in a relationship, you know that relationships are not easy. These are things that you have to continually work on if you want to have a healthy, long-lasting, sustainable relationship. And Elizabeth can testify to this, that the early years of our marriage, I was not the easiest person to be married to. Now, depending on when you talk to her now, she might still say that I am not the easiest person to be married to. And she is not wrong most of the time when it comes to that. But especially in those early years, I was not easy to get along with. We would get in these arguments all the time. And when I look back at those moments, I realize that most of those arguments stemmed from one thing. And this was my fault. See, I had a hard time opening up. I had a hard time showing emotion and and telling her my feelings, how I felt about her. But she would come to me and she would say things like, I just want to know how you feel. And, And it may come as a shock to you, but I'm not exactly the most emotional person in this world. I don't like to become vulnerable. I don't like to share my feelings. In fact, when I get angry or, or mad or upset, I bottle it up inside. I let it stew inside my brain, and I don't tell anybody. And for the most part, most people don't know that something is going on. Now, I would do this in our marriage. This was a problem. She would confront me, and she'd say things like, I just want to know, do you love me? Do you even care about me? Can you just tell me that you love me, why you love me, why you wanted to get married in the first place? And see, when I look back at those times where we would have these confrontations, I realized that those feelings that she was having, they were valid. They were valid concerns that she was having. She had every right to feel that way. But of course, during that time period, in the, in the early days of our marriage, I was younger And I was not very intelligent. So, of course, I did not respond the way that I should have responded. I did not respond the way that I know I would like to respond today. What would happen was when she would confront me with these issues, I would immediately just clam up and I would get tense and I would get defensive and I would get angry. And to be honest with you, I would just be a real big jerk. You know, I would say things like, what do you mean I don't love you. Or why would you think that I don't love you? I got married to you. Is that not enough? I mean, why would you have to ask that question? I wouldn't get married to you if I didn't love you. That's kind of obvious, right? I shouldn't have to tell you all the time. And then I would get really defensive and I'd say say things like, I do stuff for you all the time. You know, I, I help cook, I help clean. We share all of our responsibilities, 50, 50. You should be 
happy that you have somebody like me. This is how arrogant I was during that time period. I'd say things like, you know how lucky you are to have somebody like me in your life instead? Do you know how many people have spouses out there that aren't willing to help out at all? They don't lift a finger to do anything around the house. It's like pulling teeth just to, to get them to, to clean something or to do anything around the house. There are some spouses that abuse their spouse verbally or they abuse them physically. I don't do any of that. I'm so good to you. Do you know how lucky you are? You hit the literal jackpot, baby, when you got married to this guy. That's how arrogant I was during these confrontations. I was not responding in the manner that I know I should have. You see, she knew that I knew how to show her that I loved her, but that's not what she wanted. That's not all that she wanted. She wanted me to tell her that I loved her. She wanted me to tell her why she mattered to me and why I wanted to get married to her in the first place. But I just didn't understand that. See, I had a very stubborn heart. When she would approach me and she would say these things, I would immediately just get angry and defensive and I would harden my heart because it, it almost threw me off. It caught me off guard, and I didn't like feeling like I was a failure somehow. So instead of responding appropriately, I got a stubborn heart, and I became a jerk instead. And then what ended up happening was our marriage, it was good, but it wasn't where it could have been, and it wasn't where it should have been. And the result of that is because I had a stubborn heart. Now, Jesus teaches this to people in the first century. He has a similar concept that he is teaching these people in the first century. And Jesus liked to teach in parables. And as we've said over the past several weeks, parables are earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. And Jesus would, would, would gather the people around and he would use these stories in ways that, that would connect with them. He liked to point to agricultural themes, things that connected with the audience of that day and time. And Matthew, the writer of this book, he was writing to first century Jews, and he really zeroed in on this agricultural aspect because he knew that he was really speaking their language during this time. He knew that it would connect with all of those people in that day and time. So let's take a look at Matthew chapter 13, starting with verse 1. It says this, Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Now you have to understand, in order to yield a good crop, farmers would sow seeds wide, covering a lot of different areas. And it wasn't uncommon for farmers of this time to throw the seeds out and then plow them into the ground. And what would happen was, as they were sowing these seeds, some of those seeds would fall on the footpath. This was the area where all the people would be walking through. And as a result of walking on this footpath, the soil became 
too hard. There was no way that a good crop would ever grow from this area. So then what ended up happening was birds would just come down and they would eat the seeds. And then Jesus goes on to say this, verse 16, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. So how does this apply to you? How do we apply this in our own lives? Well, guys, this is your big idea for today. So today's big idea is that the heart that becomes hardened can't receive. Uh, We just heard uh, Andrew read there from Matthew 13, 19. It says that the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. You see, a seed can't grow unless it's in the proper environment. Uh, it can't, unless it's planted, unless the earth is prepared, uh, just as Andrew was saying earlier, you gotta till it, you gotta prep it. But with the seed, it lands on the footpath, it's hard, it's not gonna happen. So it just gets taken by the enemy, it gets taken by the birds. Well, in this parable, guess what? The, the footpath, the ground, the earth, that's our heart. And the seed, that's God's word. And when we allow our hearts to become hardened, we can't receive God's word. This is, again, he says, those that read it, but don't understand it, the enemy comes, swoops in, and takes it from our hearts. So today, here's what we are going to wrestle with. And what we're going to answer the big question is what creates a hardened heart? Because here's the cool thing. By us answering this question, we become aware we discover how our hearts can become hardened. And because we know this, we can kind of fight against that. We can work to keep a heart that is ready to receive God's word, ready to be used by God in our everyday life. So today we're gonna answer that question. And to be honest with you, this is an area of our life. These are three ways that we may not even realize we're doing them. We may not even realize we're taking act in these three ways and hardening our heart and preventing God from doing a work in us. So again, just like Schoolhouse Rock says, knowledge is power. By us knowing this, we can be prepared. We can allow God to work in us in these specific areas. Now, the first way that we basically can have our heart to become hardened is that we have a love of sin. We love sin. That means that we don't live by the conviction of what the Bible says, that we're okay with disobeying God, which is ultimately what sin truly is. And so for you and for me, I'm going to be honest with you, I still get convicted. Um, There are times in my life that I still sin. And I'm thankful for God's grace in that because even though like later this week, I'm probably going to do something that God's not pleased with, God will still forgive me. Um, See, conviction is a part of the journey. Conviction is part of us becoming like Christ. And the different, and here's one thing you got to understand. We're all going to struggle with sin. But struggling with sin is not the same thing as loving your sin. You see, when you struggle with sin, it's an area that God has revealed to you that there's conviction there, that you realize that you need God to align this area in your life, and you're working at it. And, when you, and if you stumble in it, if you sin, uh, you know that you can ask for forgiveness and God will forgive you. Compared to loving your sin. You see, when you love your sin, that's not the same. Uh, There is no conviction. Uh, Honestly, you don't care uh, if it's against 
God's will or if it's for God's will. You could care less. And what begins to happen is you kind of start allowing, you become almost desensitized is the word I'm looking for. That you don't really care what God has to say. You don't care what the Bible has to say. You don't listen to the wisdom of others. And what happens is over time, your heart becomes hardened. And I know for me in my life, I'll be honest with you, years ago, uh, I used to watch these really terrible horror movies, like movies that I know are not of God, but I didn't care. And over time, my heart was hardened. And because my heart was hardened, I began to justify my actions. Because see, that's what happens when we love our sin. We justify. We don't really think it's sin. Actually, in Romans chapter 1, the apostle Paul, he talks about individuals that turned away from their knowledge of God and they justified their sin. So if you want to have a hardened heart, if you want to keep God's word from making an impact in your life, just love your sin. Just allow the conviction of God to happen, but then ignore it, become desensitized to it. Ignore the blind spots in your life. Because for, for me and hopefully for you, my biggest fear is that there's an area in my life that I don't realize that I'm living in sin. But because I'm digging into God's word, because I want it to be a heart that is softened and not hardened, I want to live a life that's not in conflict but in communion with the word of God. So if you want to have a hardened heart, just love sin. Just give in to it. Don't say no to the temptation. Obviously, that is sarcasm. If you do that, then you're crazy and you're foolish. So the love of sin causes a hardened heart. And the second action, the second way that you can have a hardened heart is with unresolved offense, offenses. Now, just a few weeks ago, Pastor Kevin shared a phenomenal message about how forgiven people forgive others. And that's something that, listen, if you've not listened to that message and you're watching this after the fact, you need to go back a couple of weeks and you need to check out that message because it's going to impact your life. Uh, Paul wrote to the church in Colossae in Colossians chapter 3 verse 13, said, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Grace creates space for others. We have to create margin for offense in our lives. Uh, Because what happens is when we have this uh, unresolved offense, it impacts every relationship, every friendship. We begin to filter our interactions with others through that hurt and through that pain. Uh, I know for me, it was 10 years ago, I had a close friend that did something. He wronged me greatly, and he lied to my face about it. He lied to my boss, lied to my coworkers, lied to everyone, and then the truth came out. And I'll be real with you, to this day, I still have to forgive him. I still have to resolve that offense uh, because what happened is I began to, and I still have to fight against it, I began to filter people through this hurt and through this pain. And what I began to do is anytime someone was like, I don't know if I can trust them. Are they really telling me the truth? I really don't know. And the issue is, is because I have unresolved offense and I need to get that figured out because I need to give forgiveness. We need to forgive others. Because what happens is our hearts become hardened and we start clutching everything to ourselves, and we start holding in the pain, we start holding in the anguish, and what happens is we're so busy unresolving the offense that we can't receive anything. Like right now, if I keep my hands like this and you threw a football at me, it's gonna hit me square in the face. So in the same way, if you want to receive, if you wanna have a softened heart, we have to forgive others. We can't live in a life where we love sin. And this is the third way that for you and for me that we can have a hardened heart is basically with what's called the distracted mind. The distracted mind. And we live in a world full of distractions and notifications. And if honestly, like right now, this very moment, 
Um, you're probably trying to multitask while you're even watching or listening to this. You're probably scrolling your phone. Uh, maybe you're doing the dishes. Uh, maybe you're telling your kids to be quiet, sit down. Maybe you're at work. Maybe you're driving your car. Maybe you're thinking about the 17 other things you have to do today. Um, and maybe you weren't distracted before, but now you are. You're very welcome for that. But listen, if we're distracted, then the seed, God's word, can't, can't make an impact. It can't be planted within our hearts. Because our minds, again, it says, those that read and do not understand. So the thing is that we can't just listen to sermons. We have to let it permeate. We have to, let it in, we have to interact with it. We have to not be distracted. We need to be fully engaged, fully focused on what God is saying through the power of his word. I love this. In Psalms chapter 1, verses 2 through 3, uh, this is some of my favorite passages of Scripture in the entire Bible. It says, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all you do. If you want to prevent a hardened heart, you need to live these two verses out. It says they delighted in the law. They meditated on it day and night. And the word uh, meditate here, what it means is to muse, to muse on something, to think deeply about it. And the opposite of that is to amuse. It's like amusement. It's basically there to help you disconnect. Uh, if you need an example of amusement, it's the dumb cat videos that you were watching right before you started watching this online service. So what we need to do, instead of just trying to read through the scripture and say, and check a box that I read scripture, we need to think. We need to think deeply. We need to meditate. We need to figure out, okay, what in this passage, do, how do I need to apply this to my life? As you're listening to the service, you need to be thinking, how can I apply this to my life? What of these areas am I struggling with the most? Am I loving my sin? Uh, do I need to forgive someone? Uh, do I need to quit living distracted? Do I need to actually be intentional and be focused? Because as we uh, live a distracted life, basically our minds are going every which way and we get nothing done. Everything is a mile wide and an inch deep. So again, a distracted mind leads to hardened hearts. So and what we need to do as we know this, as we discover this together, is we need to begin the process of softening our hearts. And this is key. This is what I want you to write down. If we don't soften our hearts, then we will never see a life with godly fruit. If we don't soften our hearts, we will never see a life of godly fruit. Now, in the last part of this series, uh, we're going to kind of dig deep into Jesus' teaching of what does a life with godly fruit look like? What is that? So please make sure you jump in uh, when we finish up this series. But listen, some of you are thinking, I want to prevent having a hardened heart. Uh, You told me how I could have one. How do I prevent it? Well, easy. You just do the reverse effect. Don't love your sin. Let the conviction of the Lord lead you. Ask for forgiveness. Compare your life to see if it lines up with God's word as you read Scripture. Uh, Make sure, again, make sure to forgive others. Make sure to not live distracted. And let me give you a quick disclaimer. When we talk about living distracted, again, we want to read and understand. Uh, Some of you, I know when I first started following Jesus, uh, I was reading the Bible, but the only Bible translation I had was the King James Version. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't understand it. Uh, There was a lot of old language, old English language that I did not comprehend. And it was a stumbling block for me to fully comprehend uh, Scripture. So feel free to get a more modern, updated translation of Scripture. Uh, For us here at Thrive, we use the NLT, the New Living Translation, because, again, if we want to have a heart that is softened, that's ready to receive the truth of God's Word, that's ready to make an impact uh, beyond what we currently are, then we need to have a softened heart. We need to uh, not love sin. We need to forgive others, and we need to live undistracted. So let's continue in this, and let's read together in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 and 12. 
Hey, guys, let's jump right into Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. There is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. And guys, I want us to really check this next section of the verse out. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. So the writer of Hebrews is writing to the Jewish Christians of that day. And what he's writing to them is that they are immature believers. They're immature in their pursuit of following Jesus. He compared them, listen to this, to babies who need milk. That's a baby Christian. To Christians who eat solid food. That's a grown-up Christian. That's a mature Christian. You see, he wanted to teach them so much more about God's word, but they could not receive it because their hearts were hardened, and their hearts had become spiritually dull because of their hardened heart. And he was disappointed that he couldn't teach them more. He was heartbroken because they weren't ready to receive. Their hearts weren't prepared. Their hearts weren't cultivated. So he couldn't teach them anymore. And they were spiritually dull, and their hearts became hardened because they did not want to step outside of their comfort zone in order to pursue God with all of their hearts. Guys, there are three lessons about the hard heart that I've learned that I want to share with you today to prevent us from becoming spiritually dull and our hearts becoming hard. Lesson number one is the teacher is only as good as the student. I don't know if you've heard this saying or not. The saying goes like this. When the student is ready, the teacher appears. What does that mean? That means when you are truly ready to learn, the teacher appears. That wisdom will come your way that you will learn from any source because you are craving to learn wisdom. So the teacher is only as good as the student, but the student needs to be ready to learn from the teacher. I'll give you a biblical example of a student that wasn't ready to learn. His name is Judas. Now check this out. Judas had Jesus as a pastor. Judas had Jesus as his teacher. And let's just face it, Jesus was the most incredible teacher to ever exist. But Judas, he could not learn from Jesus because his heart was hardened. Not only could Judas not learn from Jesus, but Judas broke fellowship with Jesus because of his hardened heart. And Judas died spiritually and eventually died a physical death. Another example uh, is a personal example of mine. I used to be a personal trainer. I would give my students, my clients, I would give them incredible 
workout programs, incredible nutrition uh, programs, and the students, my clients that would take this information that I taught them and applied it into their life, man, let me tell you something. They got the most incredible results. They became more healthy. They uh, became more fit. They got in the best shape of their life. Now, I would take some of the same programs, nutritional guides, give them to my other clients, my students, and they would apply nothing of those teachings into their life, and they yielded zero results. They got no results at all because they were students who weren't ready to learn from the teacher. So the teacher is only as good as the student. Us as students, man, we've always got to be prepared to learn from the greatest teacher to ever exist. I'm talking about Jesus. The second lesson about the hard heart is a hard heart isn't hungry for God's word. When your heart is hardened, you will not seek after God's word. You won't want to know. You won't have a hunger for God's word. And if you don't know God's word, you can't apply it to your life. So guys, what I want to encourage us to do, we've got to keep our hearts soft so our hearts can remain tilled. They could be cultivated. Our hearts could be prepared to learn from God and apply what he wants us to apply in our lives. And this is the third lesson I'm going to share with you today. Only repentance will cure a hard heart. Only repentance will cure the hard heart. And guys, there's so many things that I can mention to you. Those sins that we need to stop today, like right now. You know what I'm talking about. So many things in our life that we need to stop doing to keep us from not living the abundant life that Jesus wants us to live. But I love what Pastor Keith, what he mentioned in his portion of the service. And I want to just do a recap of that. He said this, and this is what I want us to focus on. This, these are the three things that we need to repent from. We need to repent from the love of sin. You know the love and you know the sin that you need to repent from. We need to repent from unresolved offenses. Guys, come on now. Today is the day to forgive that person that you know you need to forgive. Let's do that today because forgiven people forgive people. And we need to repent from the distracted mind. Guys, let's focus on repenting from those three things. Our hearts will become soft and we will follow God how he has called us to follow him. Speaking of repentance, uh, I want to just specifically reach out to all of those that are watching right now. This is the most op- the greatest opportunity that you have in your life to repent from not following Jesus to following Jesus and making Jesus a part of your life. Since COVID-19 has hit, The world has changed drastically. One thing that has not changed is God's eternal purposes for you. And you know what God wants for you more than anything? He wants you to experience the love that he has for you by accepting 
Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life. And today, you know that that's the point of life that you're at. You've been trying to fill that void in your heart with so many things, and those things aren't working. Hey, I know. I've been there. I've tried to fill that void in my heart with so many things. I know what you're experiencing. Let me tell you this. There's only one thing that can fill the void in your heart, and that's Jesus Christ. Listen to this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. Now is your time to make the best decision, the most important decision of your entire life. Guys, I want you to say this prayer with me. Just repeat it after me. I know I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe Jesus died. He was buried and rose again to rescue me, to save me. Come into my life. Take over my life. Give me the life that you created me to live. I want you as my savior. I want you to work in me and through me. And God, show me the life that you created me to live. Next, this prayer is for all of the believers, all the Christians that are watching right now. Join me in this prayer. Just repeat after me. God, soften my heart. I give you all. I even give you the stuff that I don't want to give to you. I give you all. Plant new seeds in my heart so that I can live fully for you. I pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Guys, don't check out on me now. Stay tuned for your next steps. What a powerful message about the hard heart. Uh, today, you may have been watching this and saying, you know, Kevin, I've got some, some hard heart issues. Maybe you're someone who is a follower of Jesus and you're realizing your, your heart has become hardened in one of those ways they talked about. And maybe you're someone today who walked away from your faith. You've not been following Christ or you've never made the decision. You've been kind of hard-hearted toward Christianity. Well, guess what? Today, you can give your life to Christ. You can come back to faith in Christ if you walked away. It's pretty simple. Right where you're at, what you have to do is just say, God, I admit that I'm a sinner. Like, I admit I have a hard heart. I admit that I, I cannot be perfect and I'm in need of a Savior. Today, God, I want to give my life to Christ. I repent of my old life. I repent of my old ways. I want to turn from those ways. And I want to accept your ways of living. I believe that Jesus is Lord, that he died on the cross that he rose again on the third day to save me from my sins. Today, I make Jesus my Savior and my Lord. Forgive me of my sins, God. I receive full forgiveness of sins. And so today, whether you're someone who follows Jesus and you need to have God do some work in your heart because you realize it's getting hardened, or maybe you just made the decision to follow Christ. Maybe you made that profession of faith Maybe you made the biggest decision in your life. If you did that, we have resources available for you to be able to encourage you in your walk with Christ. And we want to follow up, follow up with you. Please let us know if you made that decision. 
And guys, if you will, do me a favor, share this content with your friends and hit the, hit the share button. Take that link and share it all over social media. You have no idea what one share, and I'm not, I'm not being funny, I'm serious, what one share may do to impact other people. Thank you so much for joining us at Thrive Church Online today.